The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Raise your hand if your uh, Friday evening was thrown into complete disarray and that stretched into Saturday and then you kind of recovered by Sunday. The NBA's version of July 4th weekend, ladies and gentlemen. July 4th itself was largely devoid of fireworks, but damn. July 5th, 11 o'clock a night on the Pacific Coast. Things really went nuts. And I was starting to get ready to do this podcast, and I realized, because I had actually done a Lakers show with uh, my good friend Ethan Noroff, which you guys should definitely check that out. We had a lot of fun, broke down the craziness of the weekend, which was significant in Lakerland, but more significant in Clipperland. I realized I was getting ready to do the show. I started to say to myself, oh man, what am I going to talk about? Like, you know, I, I talked about Kawhi Leonard already, but that was a different show. So ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Kawhi Leonard episode. The real one, not the speculation that we had all week, last week. Where was he going to go? It was Lakers, it was Raptors, it was Lakers, it was Raptors. It was not Clippers for a while in there. And then it was, and that was the only one that mattered, the last one. The true rumor, the one that broke in the middle of the night for many of the country. This is Fantasy NBA Today. A hoop ball and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. I am Dan Vespers at Dan Vespers on Twitter. You can also follow Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee on Twitter at H I Kona Coffee K O N A Coffee. You can get them on Amazon. Hawaiian Isles is the easiest way to find them. Just type in Hawaiian Isles. That's also the website HawaiianIsles.com. I recently uh, ordered a classic bag for our good buddy. Trevor Lane, who popped on the uh, Lakers podcast about a week and a half ago. He said he was a caffeine guy. He said he was going to the max these days with all the Lakers stuff going on. So figure, what's a better way to get him locked into Kona Coffee? He's already drinking the caffeine. Let's just give him the good stuff. HawaiianIsles.com, the website, once more time. Uh, again, Hawaiian Isles on Amazon.com. You can get that stuff sent prime. Which these days, I believe, if you're spending 30 or 35 bucks, I forget the exact number, you can get that next day delivery and you should by the way follow at hoopball fantasy if you're not already i'm guessing most of you are just based on the the audience crossover here um and before we get into all of the real meaty stuff wanted to let everybody know that once we're now safely through the first wild stretch of free agency recruiting season that's spelled S-Z-N if I'm getting the uh, the internet meme stuff right. Recruiting season is underway here at HoopBall. We are doing some active recruiting phase one here on this podcast. We are recruiting for the Newswire at HoopBall. If you want to learn how to write blurbs for the Fantasy Newswire, hit me up at Dan Bespris on Twitter. I uh, put out this clarion call about three months ago, and a number of you hit me up. Thank you for all of those applications. Uh we do, as I said way back then, we hit the wait list, and we still have some time slots open. So I, I know there's some folks that are still on the wait list, but they couldn't handle the uh, time openings. 
So if you're out there and you're considering you want to get into the fantasy world a little bit, this is a wonderful opportunity to. We have some times open. You need to be able to write a little bit. Doesn't have to be sports, but you know, we're not this isn't like teaching grammar class. You need to be able to write coherent sentences and love fantasy sports, but we'll teach you how to do the blurbs. We'll teach you how to monitor the newswire and all that good stuff and and write about how it impacts players from a fantasy perspective. You just you need to be able to hold your own just from the simple writing standpoint. So hit me up at Dan Bespris on Twitter. That's the best way to do it. If you don't have Twitter, just sign up for a free account. Make some goofball name. Send me a note. We'll get connected. You can delete your account. I don't care. Uh, but I'm not getting my, getting my email address out of this thing. Um, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Hit me up on Twitter. Recruiting season is here, and I will continue to do so. Once we get all those applicants in, we'll, we'll probably talk about it all week. Uh, the the blurbing, the newswire side. Then we'll talk about the next set of recruits. But right now, we need you. I'm pointing at you, Uncle Sam style. We want you to hit me up, learn how to blurb. Let's do it. And then again, I'm at Dan Vespers. So the difference between what we're going to do on this show as opposed to what we did on the Lakers show, which was that one we talked about all the moves the Lakers made after Kawhi Leonard's move and broke all that down. This podcast is, of course, at its core, a fantasy NBA podcast. Now, we've been gotten, we've, we've been getting sidetracked, I don't want to say sidetracked necessarily, but getting lost in some kind of fun details of free agency, where guys are going, why they're going there, what it all means, the existential part. What does it mean, man? But I thought it might be more fun to try to look at it from, well, what we're supposed to, which is a fantasy look at what went down so we'll talk about the actual chronology here and then we'll do our best to give you some fantasy thoughts on it although again we're still not done with free agency it's starting to wind up a little bit we're getting a slightly better idea and i want to take some time over the rest of this month maybe it'll i might start that next week to uh look at all of these teams again kind of a second look at all these clubs so let's start from the beginning and I told this story on the Lakers show, which, by the way, that's at Hoopball Lakers. If you want to check out that podcast, I really wish you would. Many of you, I think we're at almost 199 right now, ratings and reviews on this show, Fantasy NBA Today. If a handful of you guys would head on over and uh, do the same for Hoopball Lakers, I would be most appreciative of that. Rate and review. Rate and review. If you listen to it, even better. <laughs> Please do both. Uh I feel like we all are going to remember, at least for a little while, maybe not forever. You know, it's not one of those, I don't think it's going to be one of those forever things. The Clippers are a very good basketball team, but, you know, this is not, this isn't like the Warriors where everybody, you, I mean, you looked at that team with Golden State when they got KD three years ago, and you were like, okay, well, they're just, no one's going to touch this team. Something horrible has to happen for them not to win the title. And then we saw it. Uh, they had to lose two of their guys for a year, basically. So anything can happen in those instances. We're not in one of those right now. Clippers got really good. They went from uh, fine to really good. And Lakers are obviously a lot better with Anthony Davis. The Thunder obviously got a lot worse. Yeah, fine, they got assets, but they got a lot worse in the short term. Probably even in the long term, folks, because, I mean, let's be honest here, you don't often get an opportunity to get two superstars on a team, and they had that. But there is no one team, not Philly, not Milwaukee, not Utah, not either of the L.A. teams. There's no the one team 
that's a slice above everybody else. There are a legitimate five to eight teams that as of this moment could win the title this coming year. So uh, that's why I'm saying I don't know that we're going to remember this moment forever. But I'm going to remember this moment for a while because mostly because of the week leading up to it. And I'm betting a lot of you folks out there spent the last week not that dissimilar from how I did, which was mostly staring at Twitter. As everybody put out there, oh man, I strongly contemplated using my sensor button. We'll dodge it. We'll, we'll keep it clean here. There are baloney sources, hundreds of these folks trying to build up a Twitter following by just guessing the right outcome and then hoping people will pay attention to them. So much of that, even the big names were basically saying, we don't know. We really don't know. Uh, we knew the Clippers were trying to make a swing for a second superstar. We heard Jimmy Butler as a name that was thrown in there, Bradley Beal. But both of those basically got shot down when Butler went to Miami and then when Washington basically just turned down the Clippers' overtures, which, by the way, uh, not a crazy idea. I, I do think the Wizards should rebuild, but they got to figure out a way to get out of John Wall's contract, and that's just probably not happening. Discussion for another show. But nobody, nobody, except for Kawhi, saw this one coming. Paul George. No public demands. We found out later they were private and recent, like within three, like within three days of when this happened. One year removed from his four-year extension. And by the way, I have significant beef with how all of the last like four months of NBA stuff has played out. And, and I'll get into my rant on that in a minute. I spent the entire week just staring at Twitter trying to figure out Kawhi Leonard's moves. If anybody had anything, and they didn't. Nobody had anything. Nobody had, a, nobody had any idea what this dude was doing. We were tracking planes, the Raptors' ownership plane, landing in San Diego, turning around, flying back out. Kawhi Leonard at an AM-PM along the L.A. coastline between San Diego and L.A. It was lunacy. For five days, we went crazy with this stuff because basically everybody else was done after the first 36 hours. The big names weren't on the board anymore. Those are the ones you cared about. Yeah, fine. The little dominoes were slowly toppling. But you knew there was going to be a Kawhi at some point and then whoosh, the last like five or six names were all going to come off the board right after it. One bing, bang, boom. Most days this week, by some... I don't know, 9.30 p.m., even 10 p.m. My wife, my wife might have had to work late a little bit. I'll do some stuff after the kid goes down at night. By about 10 o'clock Pacific time, I've wrapped up my work. And that was no different on Friday. I even think I might have gone as late as 10.30. Actually, yeah, thinking back right now, my wife had a ton of extra work to do at night. So we weren't going to hang out, watch any TV shows or whatever. So I was just cooling on the internet. I sent a few dumb tweets out myself, I'm sure, at Dan Vespers. Nothing relevant. Th you know, idle thoughts. Jack Handy stuff. Um, 
And at about 10.30, I finally said, you know what, I can't just, I can't stare at a computer screen anymore. It's Friday at 10.30 at Pacific time. You're an hour and a half into the next day on the other seaboard here in the U.S. I'm going to go, screw it. I'm going to go watch season two of Stranger Things. Because I watched season one and I thought, all right, this is okay. Last year, I watched season one. I know, I'm, I'm running a year behind. I'm well aware of it. I know a lot of you are like, Dan, it's season three out right now. I know. And I watched the first episode of season two last year when it came out. And I thought, ah, yeah, all right, whatever. And I just sort of let it fall. And I thought, you know what? Screw it tonight. I got nobody to hang out with. NBA Twitter is cooked. Nothing's happening. I'm going to go start up season two. And I got 15 minutes into that stupid episode. And then, boom. And if you're listening, Ethan, shout out to my buddy, Ethan Teller. Noted Clippers fan. I know a lot of Clippers fans, by the way. I think I know, I think I know like all of them. Uh, noted Clippers fan. Sends me a text message congratulating the Lakers on signing Jared Dudley with an animated GIF or GIF. I'm going to say it both ways so neither of you can yell at me. Uh, an animated GIF or GIF of Kawhi Leonard smiling and nodding. And I thought, oh man, something happened. I figured he was in Toronto. Like any reasonable human being who receives a taunting message from someone, knowing that I'm a Laker fan, okay, what's the other logical conclusion here? He ended up back in Toronto. That's where he was for two days, based on Kawhi Flight Watch 2019. Simple. And I walk to my computer, and I take it out of sleep mode, and I first thing I saw was Clippers acquire Paul George? Uh, what? Why the nodding Kawhi Leonard, though? So I click into the Paul George thing, because I hadn't even scrolled through Twitter yet. These Clippers get Paul George for an obscene package of picks. This is at, like, this is right around 11 o'clock. Uh, 11.10, maybe, something like that. I'm going, oh my god, this is quite a thing, and it then it dawns on me, I should probably scroll through the rest of my Twitter feed. And there it is. Kawhi Leonard joins Paul George in Los Angeles. Sort of a package deal. And my jaw, wham. I need a sound effect. I don't have one. My jaw, thump, hits the desk. I mean, this was, this was incredible. What a move. But then I had to know more, and it wasn't available yet. And I'm thinking, okay, well, number one, anybody that ripped the Lakers for sending out a bunch of picks, you have to have a similar assessment of this one, right? I think I'd rather have Anthony Davis than Paul George. It's close. It's close. Make no mistake. They're both fantastic basketball players. Uh, both L.A. teams have, like, no draft picks for a decade. But at the same time, it led to all-star, superstar pairing. Four of the top ten players in the world are playing in Los Angeles right now. I didn't even have time to react to the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George news before the timeline starts getting totally inundated with Lakers Plan B. Danny Green announces he's going to L.A. Two years, $30 million. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but, you know, let's be honest here. Danny Green, probably the premier role player 
he might be the best role player in the NBA right now to go alongside superstars. Low efficiency. He shot over 50% from three-point land when he was wide open last year, meaning that he had, uh, I believe, six feet or more of space between his shot and the defender. 51% from downtown. That's a crazy high percentage clip. Uh, and it's quite a few of them. I mean, he took a bunch, and he's going to get a bunch. He's And his defense is outstanding. I mean, this is, to me, as someone who follows Lakers, as soon as I knew Kawhi Leonard wasn't coming, it had to be Danny Green. So those folks that are upset about them uh, spending too much on Danny Green, don't be. This was the guy they had to have when they missed out on Kawhi Leonard. If you don't get Danny Green, you're... You're not a championship team. I know that's a it's a big thing to say, but I believe it in my bones. Without him out there as that perimeter defender, you need one. I don't think they were I don't think they would make it through. And now I think they have a chance. Because it wasn't going to be KCP, who they then overpaid immediately, right after. Contavious Caldwell Pope, two years, sixteen million dollars. So they've already now, and I mean we're we're not even at midnight yet. <laughs> this is all happening in the span of a half an hour, with the news breaking at least. Danny Green, what was $15 million, so Pope, then another eight, that's $23 million out there. JaVale McGee's the next one that trickles in. So in the span of whatever it was at this point, like 40 minutes, we've found out Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are Clippers, Danny Green, KCP, JaVale McGee are Lakers, five new players in Los Angeles in this tiny span Clippers, by the way, also sending out Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So he's a Thunder now. And now we're like, we're pushing into, I think by the time the McGee news came in, it was almost, it was after midnight. It was like 12, 15, 12, 20. And so now I'm just sitting there. I'm trying to process all of this stuff in my mind as it's happening. My family's asleep at this point. I'm alone, awake in the dark, staring at a computer screen that thankfully, thank you TweetDeck for using inverted colors so it wasn't too terribly bright in the middle of the night. Trying to figure out, not even from a fantasy perspective yet, from a reality perspective, what does this mean? And it took me probably until Sunday to finally sit back in my chair and go, well, it doesn't really matter what it means from a reality perspective because our fantasy stuff is going to be based on that fantasy. And then I had sort of the flip-flop, which was, wait, no, it does because... We also gamble on this stuff, and there are going to be season win total numbers that come out at some point, and we're probably going to look at the under. And that brings us to the podcast, which is, well, Fantasy NBA Today. That's the name of the damn show. I do not necessarily intend to stick to just that. I um, I do want to get a little something, a little rant off my chest, so to speak, uh, I am almost always in favor of the players exercising their power. And so I find myself at this weird break point between thinking what Kawhi Leonard did was actually kind of amazing that he pulled all of this off in complete secrecy. Like he's, he cultivated this persona, which is probably real, but regardless, it certainly worked out where he basically just told every team, everybody has to be completely silent or you've got no chance of getting me to sign. And so nobody said a thing while he was puppet mastering 
all of these teams, trying to get offers from Toronto, the Clippers, using the Lakers as leverage. They were effectively the backup plan if neither of those other two teams came up with a second superstar. He needed a third team for that. He needed a team with a structure of superstars already in place. And one of them had to do it. And so Kawhi Leonard, incredible, uh, incredible move by his team to get this thing together. And then on the other side of this, I'm a little bit disgusted by what we saw from Paul George. And I'm confused when I look at the Twitter sphere and no one seems to care. It was suggested to me uh, by a very astute Twitter follower named Ty that some of it has to do with Russell Westbrook. And I just, oh, that cuts me. Because you guys know I'm not a huge Westbrook fan. I think his game is a selfish breed of basketball that, I mean, the you know, rebound stealing and triple-double hunting and not letting his teammates prove their worth in the fourth quarter while he jettisons his team's hopes in close and hard-fought games. I've said it a million times on this show, and I'm actually a little bit surprised that it hasn't caught on at all. Russell Westbrook creates the most narrow band of success for his basketball team. There is a very high floor and a very low ceiling in this little whatever it is. It's like the the eighth floor of a 13-story building or something like that. And it's a it's a low ceiling. You know, it's like you got off at that weird in-between floor on the elevator and you can just see the the you got to crawl down the corridor if you want to fit. What I mean by all of those terrible metaphors is it doesn't matter who you put around Russell Westbrook. As long as he's on the team, they're probably going to win somewhere between 42 and 50 games every year. It just doesn't even matter. Their best games last year occurred when Westbrook was taking a backseat to a red-hot Paul George. That was when they went on their run. And then when George's shoulders started to ail him and Westbrook started to do more, they became a 500 basketball team. Again. If this reminds you of anybody, it should. It's very, it's very Kobe-esque. I love Kobe. He's a Laker. I mean, that's, that's the thing. But that was the same kind of thing, unless there was some other guy that he was willing to give some responsibility to, the team was going to be locked into this narrow band. And it's probably higher for Westbrook, the narrow band, than it was for Kobe, because he is a better passer. But, I mean, listen, all of that long version to say, it just, it doesn't matter who Russell Westbrook is. It doesn't give Paul George a pass because he knew what he was getting into. He knew. If you wanted to team up with a superstar, you figure it out before you sign the $140 million extension for four years and get one year into it. He has, and I know everybody's like, Oklahoma City's happy with their haul. Yeah, they're happy with their haul, but they'd rather, 99 times out of 99, they would prefer to have Paul George than a boatload of first-round picks because probably none of those first-round picks turn out to be as good as Paul George. And even if they do, it's not going to be until the year 2028. Here's the very simple way to break this thing down. 
before Saturday at 12 whatever, at midnight, Friday at 11.30 p.m., before that moment, well, we didn't know. So we have to dial it back a little bit farther than that. Let me like, try to simplify this as much as we can. We don't know the exact moment that Paul George requested the Thunder move him, but presumably it was one or two days earlier than that. Prior to that moment, the Thunder were under the impression that they had two superstars locked up for multiple additional seasons and were building around those guys. They spent a ton last year in particular. Jeremy Grant, Dennis Schroeder, Steven Adams is on this wild contract that he got the year before. They were way into the luxury tax, building around Westbrook and Paul George. This was the way they were constructing their team. They had just signed Mike Bleeping Muscala and Alec Burks within the previous 48 hours. Those are not the moves of a team readying themselves for a teardown. And then and a day later, Paul George says, you got to move me. I'm disgruntled. I don't care. I know I'm not doing it to the media, but here, secretly, go move me. Get whatever you can. Because otherwise, I'm going to make a fuss. And, the, and Oklahoma City and Sam Presti believed their best way out of this was to say, okay. So that was a team that went from playing for what they believed to be a legitimate shot at the title. Whether or not you agree with that is sort of irrelevant here. They believed it. To contemplating a 100% teardown and a trade of Russell Westbrook and a total sell-off. Not by choice. I I have a few different issues with this. Issue number one is... Those of you that think that somehow this is that that different than the Anthony Davis situation, just because it was done quietly, it doesn't matter. I would almost argue that this is worse because AD at least was within a year and two months of the end of his contract. He told his team, look, I, I ain't re-signing here. Trade me. You got a year, you got the trade deadline, you got the offseason, you got one more trade deadline to move me or I'm leaving for nothing. It's not that he necessarily helped his team. They would have rather he stay long-term, but he wasn't gonna. Paul George wasn't going to be a free agent for three more years. Still won't be. I mean, he took a team's plan. He didn't cut it a year short. He cut it three years short. So these are very much the same. They're very much the same. I don't care that Paul George did it quietly and respectfully. That was another thing that was pointed out, that he did it respectfully. Respectfully? You think the Thunder fan base cares about that? You think their front office cares about that? No! They had the rug pulled out from under them just the way the Pelicans did. But actually, my biggest beef with the whole with the way this whole thing went down is Paul George... 365 days ago. Actually, it's more like 370. He didn't even take meetings with other teams. He immediately re-upped in Oklahoma City. And this, to me, is just awful. Awful business management. It's why I actually really respect what Kawhi Leonard did. And I tweeted it a couple times last week. I said, maybe maybe more free agents could should consider taking multiple meetings and actually seeing what different franchises are up to. 
seeing their plans, getting to meet front offices. Instead, last year, Westbrook threw Paul George a Nas party at his, at his giant mansion, and George re-upped before midnight. His was the one that came in at like 11.58, Paul George, on a jet to Oklahoma City to attend a re-signing ceremony with Nas. And I was like, oh, hashtag unfinished business. All right, I guess Paul George, Oklahoma City, won him over. Nope. Took one damn year after that for him to just say, eh, you know what, not my thing. How did you not know it wasn't your thing after one year? You needed two to go from I want to be here for half a decade to I never want to play here again? That's just so idiotic and short-sighted. So please, other NBAers, you don't need to sign in the first four minutes of free agency. Take meetings. Meet front offices. Really try to figure out what the crap you're doing with the rest of your career. And then maybe you won't have to yank the rug out from under a franchise that you just signed with. And I got no love loss for Oklahoma City. As a Laker fan, I'd rather see them lose. But damn, that's a harsh way to do it. They thought they had three, two to three years at least of title runs in them before anything could possibly derail it. You're telling me Paul George played with Westbrook for a full year, signed the extension, and at that moment thought, meh, he can change? I mean, I don't even know what was going through his head. Oh, yeah, we're just getting used to one another. Surely after another year, Westbrook will change. What? What damn iteration of Westbrook have you been watching? I am a relative idiot when it comes to basketball knowledge. Compared to some of the people that work in the game, and I would hope the players in the game, my knowledge is not that great. I certainly do watch a lot, and I think I'm okay compared to the average Joe Schmo. But damn, Paul George, if your team around you, your your group, wasn't fully aware, aware of what Russell Westbrook is on a basketball court, they're all idiots. So there's only two ways that this could be. Either they believed that that somehow he would that Westbrook would change, or they just didn't even care, and then kind of blew up the franchise here, at least in the short term. Either way, I don't like it. Either way, I don't like it. And so I say to all free agents, please take damn meetings with more than one team. You don't need to sign in the first 45 seconds of free agency. As a fan, I will be fine if you take two days. Two days. I mean, good Lord, I can barely decide what I'm eating for lunch in a half an hour, whatever it is it's going. I, I, like, I need to meet with my the leftover tri-tip and the sandwich meats. I got to set up meetings with both of them before I can pick. So that's that's my, my rant here. Please, people, please try to get a good idea of what you're doing before you do it. So I do feel a little bit bad for Oklahoma City. I know they got a really nice haul. Um, but they're they're staring right down the barrel of a full rebuild at this time. And I haven't even mentioned fantasy yet. Fantasy prospects. You can expect load management from Kawhi Leonard. No question about it. Clippers are a deep enough team and they will do it. You can expect Paul George to have solid numbers. Maybe not quite as high as last year. Because... For all intents and purposes, the Thunder really only had two guys that demanded the basketball. 
And the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard, and I would argue Lou Williams is the other guy on that list, and a little bit of Montrez have three or four. So I would think maybe a handful fewer shots, but there are going to be some of those Kawhi rest days where Paul George is going to go bananas. So he's a very safe pick. Not really in the Kawhi business because of the load management. You know there's going to be a ton of that with the Clippers because they want to keep him healthy and they feel pretty damn confident they can make the playoffs, and they should. I'm curious if if either of these guys is going to take a hit when we start to see some ADP stuff come out. The guys that really take a hit in all of this, everything that went down late on Friday night, is the damn Dan Pasper's old man squad. They are getting crushed this year. I thought Pat Beverly had a pretty good shot to kind of hang on, and maybe he does because Shea Gilgis-Alexander got sent out, and so that was one of his competitors at the point guard spot on the floor. And Paul George, of course, he and Kawhi are going to play more 2-3-4. and four. But, I mean, Paul George is taking more shots than Shea Gilgis-Alexander, so that's fewer stuff. Luckily, we don't have Pat Beverly for his shot-taking. He still is a guy that I will draft, but Danny Green's not. I know he's going to be wide open, and I know he's going to knock down some three-pointers, but the Lakers went on to fill out their roster, and they're suddenly... I don't want to say deep at the guard spot, but they went from basically having none to having five or six in a day. Danny Green, KCP, THT. Talon Horton, whatever is nuts. (laughs) Uh, Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook, and Rajon Rondo at the point guard spot. So I don't think Danny Green's going to get as many opportunities as he got in Toronto last year. Not with LeBron, AD, and all those other guys out there looking to do something with the basketball. So he takes a hit. Lakers also signed Boogie Cousins. I don't think he's a guy that I'm targeting in drafts. Uh, a lot of folks are, are suggesting that maybe JaVale McGee starts for the Lakers. I think a, I think they're going to see Boogie at least against teams with traditional centers. I do think you see Anthony Davis start at the four most games because he prefers it. He's a guy that's hard to target. Point guard in the Lakers would be hard to target with three of them that are largely interchangeable just from a who's going to play on any given night. Kuzma's a tough guy to draft. I don't know if I'm drafting any Lakers besides LeBron and AD. Hmm. And so that's why I saved the fantasy stuff here for a few minutes towards the end of the program. There just isn't a ton of it. For the Clippers, the Paul George acquisition also hurts Lou Williams because it takes shots away. And they're going to have to figure out how they want to do this thing. Because remember, there were long stretches where Lou and Montrez just ran the whole offense. And it didn't really matter because it wasn't like Gallo, who, by the way, also got sent out in that trade. It wasn't like he was going to demand the basketball from the two of them. And there just weren't that many scores on the Clippers by the end of the year. So I think it hurts Lou. I think it hurts Montrez. I don't know what the hell Gallo is going to do in Oklahoma City. If they're really going into rebuild, they may try to move him or buy him out. To me, it feels like there's actually still some stuff left on that OKC side. Uh, But for the Clippers, Paul George... 
Pat Beverly. Those are probably the two guys I'm looking at. Not Ivica Zubats, who uh, got a four-year contract. They must be very high on this kid. From everything I've watched, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him a four-year contract. But they're going to be very good. Clippers are the Vegas betting favorites to win the title. Lakers, Bucks also right up there as well. Jazz, really good odds. Or I sh- not good odds, I should say kind of crummy odds. They're, uh, they're going to cost you, what I'm trying to say. I'm very excited to get into some of this stuff with Neil tomorrow. Brandon Marcus on Wednesday. Oh, man. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to contain that dude. And this feels like as good a time as any to break the news. No, you know what? We'll save it. There's my tease. There's your tease. Ho, 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 yes. I do still have something up my sleeve. We got some news we'll break on Wednesday of this week. That's what we'll do. We'll do it on Wednesday. So I'll talk to Neil tomorrow about how all of this stuff went down. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on the Vegas futures odds that were drifting around throughout the Kawhi Leonard process and now have settled a little bit once he's found a permanent home. I'd love his thoughts on how this whole thing went down as well. Talk to Brandon on Wednesday. Neil will uh, be back on Thursday with his rotating cavalcade of co-hosts. And then Adrian Coach will wrap things up on Friday. Coach has been in Summer League. He sent me some pictures. I'll make sure to get those bad boys on Twitter for you guys uh, to, uh, to check out. You can see Hoopball getting in there, checking out the sights. The sights and the sounds, as my buddies on uh, Minor League radio, radio used to say. The sights and the sounds. I have a lot of thoughts on uh, fantasy ramifications for this coming season. It's going to be a hootenanny. Yep, you heard me right. It's going to be crazy. And if you're a basketball fan and you live in Los Angeles, this is a good time. Because Staples Center is going to be a spot, man. There's a very real chance that the Lakers and Clippers could meet in the Western Conference Finals to play who? The Bucks, The Sixers? Probably. Bucks, Sixers have to be your lead dogs out east. I think the Warriors are going to be very good when they get Klay Thompson back. They'll hang on. I'm a little worried the Nuggets take a tiny step backwards. I think they'll have a bit of a larger target on them. I think the Blazers take a step backwards. I don't know how they do better than 53 wins after losing Jurkic, or Nurkic, excuse me, Nurkic, Jurkic. That's fine. We'll just combine his names. Rockets probably will hold about steady. One year older for Chris Paul. Jazz should be better. Thunder going to be worse, markedly. Um, honestly, don't know what to make of the Spurs. Clippers will be better. I'm just going down the list here in the Western Conference from last year. Kings will be a little bit better. I don't know if, if it's a ton. I mean, they, they rounded out their depth but they also totally changed what they do from a coaching standpoint. Lakers obviously will be way better. Timberwolves, meh. Grizzlies, rebuild. Pelicans, they'll be okay. Mavs, better. Suns, a little better. The West is crazy. And then don't even look at the Eastern Conference because once you get past the top four, five maybe, things turn sour. Yeesh. All right, folks, thanks for listening to uh, Dan's Rant Monday, I guess. Uh, we'll get into the specifics on the fantasy stuff largely more so starting next week. 
Again, go check out the Hoopball Lakers podcast if you want to hear a little bit of that same rant from me, but also a lot of thoughts from the great Ethan Noroff. I am Dan Basperus. This is a Hoopball and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. May the news breaks slow so that my heart and brain can slow down and catch up as well. What a weekend, ladies and gents. Enjoy your Monday. We will talk to you soon. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.